KXSF LP, San Francisco, 102.5 FM, streaming at the World Wide Web at KXSF.FM. This is Frequency Uplift. And thanks to our frequency partners, KSFP, San Francisco Public Press, for holding it down for the last little bit. And thanks to DJ Shan, if you were on the interwebs there on the beautiful KXSF.FM, you were just hearing Moonlight Standard Time. Just hang tight. We are going to have our second Sundays and our full moon poet with a new book, La Movida, Tatiana Lubavisky Acosta. Coming on very soon, reading from that work. And uh, But first, Jungle Fire. Monsemos. Let's start. <laughs>
contra a paz e contra a liberdade. Imperialismo internacional é o inimigo de todos os povos do mundo. And that was from Brazil, Foro, Red Light, remixing old Foro tunes. That was Samples de Tercio Mundo, Samples of the Third World, featuring Sistema Criolina from New Music, No Central. And uh, we started that out with Jungle Fire, Comoncemos. Uh, Let's start remixing and bringing into the Latin world, uh, Fela Cuti. Let's start. And we want to uh, thank these folks. Stay tuned. We are excited to have in in just a few minutes Tatiana Lubavisky Acosta, a amazing non-binary queer anarchist Jewish Latinx artist poet. I'm going to read from her new work and have a chat. But right now we're going to play this spot and then something else and be right back with you KXSFLP San Francisco 102.5 FM Frequency Uplift our second Sunday and full moon poet soon to be in the house but first this thanks support for KXSF is provided by Rainbow Grocery a worker-owned cooperative that has been serving San Francisco vegetarian food and providing a model for sustainable living since 1975. Rainbow is located at 1745 Folsom Street. Visit them online at rainbow.coop. 
KXSF would like to thank Rainbow Grocery for its continued support. Yes, indeed. Thank you. And now for this, we'll be with our poet very, very shortly.
And that was, that was the amazing Argentinian band, new to me, and our poets, our poets uh, playlist choice. Um, that was uh, Vilma Pama y Vampiros from Argentina, Mojada, and I am blessed and honored to have, uh, by the miracle of Zoom, here, let me uh, do this, come back with that. Just put it in the background a little bit. I'm I'm blessed and honored to have Tatiana Lubovisky Acosta in the house, and uh, I believe I have her unmuted. Um, hello, t- hello. Tatiana is a non-binary queer anarchist, Jewish Latina artist, poet, cafe worker, and sexual health and anti-violence educator, and the author of the Easy Body. Uh, published 2017 on Timeless Infinite Light Press, and just published La Movida on uh, Night Boat Books. Welcome, Tatiana. Thank you for coming through. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Bob. It's really an honor. Hello from my kitchen in the Mission District. Ah, lovely. Hello from uh, Light Rail Studios in uh, Yelamu on unceded Ramaytush Ohlone territory. Thank you uh-huh. for coming through. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I was struck by this. Really, what a really fun song. I had never heard of this band. Tell me a little bit about uh, about Vilma Pama y Vampiros. And uh, so, so, oh, yeah. So the band I actually don't know too much about. Um, I do know that they're from Rosario in Argentina. And... Um, they were kind of a part of this massive surge um, of music that came out of there in the early 90s in the wake of Argentine supergroup Soda Stereo. Um, Argentina has like a a huge history of rock and espanol um, that I think a lot of that does come from anti-British sentiment, mm, <laughs> quite honestly. <laughs> um, but Vilma Palma y Vampiros, um, they got their name from a tag. Um, a furniture store was closed and the former employees tagged, uh, I think it was something in, in English, it would translate to Vilma Palma and her sons, um, her vampire sons, suck the blood of the workers. Oh. And over time, the graffiti wore down until it just became Vilma Palma de Vampiros. Um, but the song itself, I, I love it. It's really beautiful, um, very fun, but also incredibly tragic. And uh, basically does talk about the disappearance of someone that you've loved completely from your life um, and really just only exists in your memory. And I think it does come from true life. Um, I think it was the drummer from the band who, I guess he broke up with his, his girlfriend broke up with him and they went on tour and he came back and she was nowhere to be found and he was never able to find her. Um, She just completely disappeared from his life. Um, so I, I do think a lot about disappearance, Mm -hmm. um, and I don't know, but it's also just a beautiful song too. So yeah, it's, it's gorgeous. How did it come into your life? Like, was there a period that, uh, you know, you, uh, 
I, I imagine it was something that I must have heard when I was a child. Um, it came out in the early 90s when I was a child. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of always remember it sort of being in rotation. But it wasn't until um, I really started to kind of listen to music from that era and from these very specific geographies um, that I really did listen to it and pay attention to it. And I I feel that some of it kind of made it into the book, like some of that playfulness Mm. and beauty, but also kind of lingering undercurrent of sadness. Yeah. Well, it's it, your your poetry is gorgeous, and and really there is that that tension between sadness and struggle and really beautiful work. I mean, I saw somebody I I I think uh, maybe one of your poll quotes or something said, you know, these are all love songs. They're difficult, but they're love songs, and you know, beautiful beautiful work. La Movida just out on um, on on uh, sorry on what was it? Nightboat Press, Nightboat Books. <laughs> I had it written down here, but it's on the previous page. But um, yeah, really gorgeous work. And I was, you know, origin and these kind of inspiration stories, like the origin of this song for you, and and are always interesting to me. And I think to most folks, how did you how did you come to writing and, and to poetry as a means of expression? Because clearly, you you have have a broad artistic practice. Uh well, according to my mom. I was always a writer um, and all of my elementary school teachers, I guess, would tell her this. Um, but for a long time, my primary, my primary practice was visual art. Um, and it wasn't until I was like maybe 20 and I was a student at LACC, Los Angeles City College. And I took a class with the most cantankerous old man, um, Sam Eisenstein. Mm. Um, and this was on the recommendation of, of my, I, I guess I could call him a boyfriend, but he was more of like a presence in my life. Um, it was on the recommendation of a friend to take this class. And basically we were all assigned to write a thousand words a week and read them to the entire class and then just be torn to shreds by everyone. And I found myself really liking it. Mm. Um, Being forced to sit down to write a thousand words a week. Um, And also found myself, I mean, I've, I'm, I'm a reader. I've always been a reader and um, I read very quickly, but I also Um, take notes while I read and I think a lot of my poetry did grow out of having a reading practice um, and also just being highly associative and realizing that I could take all these things all these slips of paper all of these notes in my phone all of these things written on the margins of books or notebooks um, and turn them into something much larger and cohesive and coherent. Well, it's it's a beautiful book, and um, th- there is this beautiful narrative flow to it. It feels like of of struggle and and, and working through all these things. I wonder if you'd um, talk to us a little bit about this is your second book, 
about coming into that, uh, you know, coming into publishing and making this second bit of work and what it represents to you. And maybe give us a poem that you think is that you, that you like the most today. Yeah. Maybe today yeah. or to, <laughs> maybe even in the last 15 minutes, you know, I know. How yeah. That be, right. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I never really, the, with the easy body, I didn't really intend to write a book. Like I didn't just sit down and decide to write a book. Um, it kind of just came together and I was invited by MG Spiro, um, the amazing performance artist and poet, um, who at the time was the editor of, uh, Timeless Infinite Light out of Oakland, which is now defunct. And MG was just, just kind of one day asked me, like, do you want to do something? Can you turn all of this stuff into something? And over like two years and a lot of struggle and a lot of strife, um, I managed to, and then that became the easy body. And after that, I kind of was like, yeah, I don't think I'm ever going to do this again. <laughs> I don't, I don't think this is really what I want to do. Um, because I, I sort of felt a big part of myself was being eclipsed in a way. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I was invited to read in Olympia at Evergreen State College with my friend, Lauren Levine. And our friend, Lindsay Bolt hosted us. And I had brought a comic that I had drawn and given it to Lindsay as a gift and um, also left behind the poems that I had read at Evergreen that were ones that I had been writing over the past couple years. And Lindsay reached out to me and was like, can you turn this into a much larger body of work? Mm -hmm. And I'm really interested in working with you and would love to work with you and would love to have Nightboat publish this. And, um, and I had to think about it, honestly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and it was definitely a struggle. I mean, that happened in 2019 and here we are three years later. Right. Um, and a lot of, I mean, the the poems in this book range from things that I wrote in 2017, immediately after turning in The Easy Body to Timeless and some of which um, are as recent as December last year. So um, I'm gonna actually read a poem that I wrote um, in response to an Agnes Varda film. Mm. Happiness. Just because I did it today doesn't mean that it doesn't need to be done again and again and again and again. Was I my hands? Was I my work? Was I your home? In my time at the bottom, in my time standing, waiting on the bouncy rot, drowning while being masculine in one language, dying while being feminine in another, dead while neutral in this one. Imagine if your life was as long as a lake's, you still won't live as long as me. Cut me and don't find the yellow flesh of a plum. Mm. That's deep, I love that. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about, um, uh, that, that mean, it seems like it's, it's struggling with, you know, the, the whole identity issue and, and around being non-binary. Um, 
was that part of the 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 struggle in that poem for you i yeah i guess so um i i think that in you know in spanish i really don't identify as i don't i first of all i'm actually i'm saying this on the radio right yep I'm actually not out to my family um, for the most part. Mm. So, um, and I actually don't know how I would identify in Spanish. Uh. Uh, so I guess it does. I, I think it also talks a little bit about, um, so the film that I was responding to is um, the film Happiness um, by Agnes Varda in which um a young man basically takes on a lover despite having this beautiful idyllic domestic life with his wife who he ostensibly loves very much and adores and um at one point he has a conversation with her saying that he has a lover and that he loves both of them and that he wants to be with both of them at the same time and she seems to accept this and she seems to be very happy about it um because it makes him happy. And she, they go to sleep because they're having a picnic of some kind by a lake. And then he wakes up, doesn't find her. And it comes about that she's drowned herself in the lake. Um, and I, I saw this movie at the PFA and I had no idea that that was going to happen. <laughs> wow. um, and was very, very upset. Um, but it did really strike me like this, this seem like this person seeming to accept something that was being presented to them. Um, and the other person that they're in this relationship with, you know, feeling content right. um, with that and not realizing how much turmoil and pain the other person was in right. um, while accepting these conditions. Right. right. So I, I think it, it speaks more to, um, yeah, I'm not sure actually, mm. now that I think that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I don't know the film, but the, I mean, in, in that situation, there's such a, a dynamic tension of this woman trying to accept this news and, but, but, you know, um, yeah, clearly, exactly. clearly not being true to herself and knowing what that, what, what that means to her being able to express that in a way. And that's a, yeah, that's a there's there's a profound silencing there. Yeah, yeah, and but also I'm I mean I'm a firm believer that um, our interpersonal relationships are you know microcosms of of how society is, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that there are so many conditions that all of us accept um, that are you know very quickly and silently killing us and that we sort of have like signed involuntarily this social contract um you know living under capitalism for instance right. um that we all just kind of swallow it and move about our day but i think sometimes we're all sort of at the bottom of the lake mm. <laughs> a little bit yeah. Well, the, the book, La Movida, um, the, you know, as, as some of your writing has said, is named for the sort of the feminist concept of, of, of uh, the Chicana feminist concept of revolutionary 
kind of maneuvers, subtle action, um, you know, to to further the the movement and the struggle, but also for this Spanish post-Franco queer punk movement. Can you tell us a little bit about how you see you talked about capitalism in that, and our our kind of acquiescence in a way um we are little are, are enjoy are, are signing <laughs> up on that social contract i'm not going to say enjoy yeah. but you know we, yeah. we, we all make those kind of those decisions and those those small um maneuvers yeah. sometimes to survive but tell us a little bit about how you see your poetry and poetry in general as being you know una movida for for change for uh, part of that movement huh yeah i mean I, th I think that when I titled the book that um, there was a moment of um, optimism, mm -hmm. I think, in that um, I found myself thinking throughout the past, I don't know, like six years, I feel, of wondering when the explosion was going to happen right, mm -hmm. right. <laughs> you know like like when was punk going to break um and it it's happened um but it also hasn't at the same time like i feel like i've i've seen people get progressively more desolate um and progressively more heartbroken and i think when i i wrote this and while i was working on it i was at a place in my life where um i felt so certain that things were going to get better and and was kind of in denial that things actually had to get significantly worse like we hadn't even seen the worst of it yet you know most of the stuff was written pre-COVID. Um, and yeah, and I, I think by naming it La Movida, I was trying to like infuse it with some of that energy. Um, but at the same time, you know, pragmatically, and when I say that energy, I mean the energy of La Movida, the um, post-Frankist movement. Um, but pragmatically, I think I was also infusing it with that idea of, of the subtle maneuver mm -hmm. to <laughs> like the, the little cuts that would eventually kind of kill the beast. Um, but yeah, I mean, when I, when I think of poetry, I do think of, I think of people like Roque Dalton, mm -hmm. um, for instance, the Salvadorian revolutionary poet, um, and I think about how I, f I feel like I also just got into an argument about this too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I think about how I came into radical politics and how I came into poetry. And I really do think that I came into radical politics as a reader of poetry mm. um, that poetry did something with language that was 
radical. And when I say this, I mean this in, from the root, like I meant that it, it altered language so profoundly to me and opened channels for me to interact with language in a way that I had not been taught to as a student within, you know, the Los Angeles Unified School District right. <laughs> um, growing up. Like I was not taught to play like that. I was not taught to think like that. Right. And yet here is this thing that was so natural and so available um, that took me to so many different places um, in terms of reading. So, and I really did come into like my politics through reading and also, I mean, through life experience, of course, but I was able to kind of come to name things through reading and through language and through reading other people's work. Like I think of my friend, Wendy Trevino, who's, you know, this brilliant writer and just how I've watched people completely change the way that they think around something like the border just by reading Wendy's work. Mm. You know, I think that's profoundly powerful. Like the way that, you know, people talk about we're learning the wrong history in schools or whatever, but I think that poetry is something that can help us learn, you know, those forgotten histories and those other methodologies. Yeah. I hope I'm making sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, it's really, you know, I, I always find it inspiring and, and I have a similar reaction to poetry and the power of poetry and that it, it allows you to say things that, that can't be said otherwise and to imagine the future. I was at a, a visual art symposium about muralismo this weekend and somebody quoted, I, th I think, not consciously, Otto Rene Castillo saying, you know, that, 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 you know, how amazing it is while it's still, still so dark to imagine, you know, I, I forget the exact line now, I'm spacing it, but uh, to, to, while it's still so cold and dark to imagine this, this, this future. And I, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think of, there's like a Percy Blythe Shelley line that, that reminds me of, which is, I, I don't, I never remember this line, but it's also one of my favorite lines of poetry. And he wrote it in a poem in response to the Peterloo massacre, um, essentially talking about how like in the dark of winter, spring must not be far behind. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so I wonder if you could, I, I, here's, a, here's a hard choice. Could you choose one of your favorite or one of your what you would consider a revolutionary poem out of your out of your work right now and then Oof. yeah uh -huh. <laughs> a challenge, right? um, uh, I, I i mean i see so much of it in in it just just in your truth telling and in your you're holding these you know different tensions so anyway yeah what, um what, what will you read us next tatiana please that's a good question um okay i will read you um, a poem that I wrote after my grandmother passed away. Mm. This is called Song Against the Wounded Hand. The dancing water replaced my tongue with a knife. I watched you look past me when you told me you loved me. Behind the mirror were the stars, and among the waxing and waning head of the disrespectful daughter, 
they stood shining. As the hours passed, they folded into themselves one by one until there was darkness. I stopped wearing the woven universe when my face stopped being a map, or rather when the map began to lead to a ruin. In the town of liars and poets, the tumbleweeds having been replaced by the rotting silk garments in the colonial style, I was torn to pieces by the wild dogs yet stayed with you. My ribs became your house. You wove my hair to carry water and you used my tears to adorn yourself. Clapstick, plastic bag surfing the waves, eternal fart over the ocean, acorn mush cooking an asphalt dimple. A dancing ruby false in a paper cup, a holy song sang by the willow as it scraped. Your dress of cormorant feathers glances green like the ocean. But what good is the new life? Our souls were found, then saved by a stranger god, whose children went ahead and murdered us anyway with green corn. Only say the word and I shall be healed. My voice now carries the lash of a law that I do not respect. Bring me the head of Juniper Sarah on a platter of tar and gold, and your heart roasted in the lap of a chakmul. I declare war on a war that I have inherited. That's beautiful. What a great, what a great sentiment, really, <laughs> you know, and and so profound to bring it into the context of, you know, the the family and 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 connecting with your your elder and your grandmother who's you know in that in that place in that transition um so beautiful thank you yeah um yeah it's it's funny i i feel like this poem is kind of me talking to all of my ancestors or all of my elders and um you know there's there's a few deaths that I still haven't really quite processed. Um, I still think that my grandmother's death is one that I really have not processed, but in, in writing that poem, um, I do find myself kind of feeling that loss of, of never really having been able to speak to each other. Um, I didn't meet my grandmother until I was 13 and then she died when I was 26 um but we were estranged for a long part of that Mm. um and at the time I was reading a lot of Rosario Castellanos um who's a Mexican poet originally from Chiapas um who wrote about this massacre that happened in San Cristobal de las Casas. Um, And in writing about it, she referenced the tenebrae that happens um, during Holy Week when all the lights are extinguished. And I don't know, one thing that I really do love about this poem, it's one of my favorite poems I've ever written, um, is that I can actually see the thread of of influence (laughs) in it. Yeah. Um, I can see 
I can see everyone in it. I can see my mother. I can see my mother's mother, um, my father's mother, who's the one who who passed away when I wrote this. Um, and yeah, and it's it's just, I don't know. I feel like if there was one poem that, you know, I could leave behind, it would probably honestly be this one. Um, it's 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 a gorgeous poem. Um, I want to take a minute and just say that uh, you're listening to KXSFLP San Francisco, 102.5 FM. We're in dialogue and uh, hearing the work from La Movida of uh, Tatiana Lubavisky, a Costa poet and, uh, and visual artist who uh, I want to come back to that. I'm going to have to take a little more of a break and um i want to um come back to you in just a minute uh i have to play some spots but maybe you could tell us about um your choice of of the other song at this moment i know it's kind of a a jump but i want to come back to it because i'm gonna have to we're gonna have to uh, change the meeting format here in a minute so oh yeah of course (laughs) do you want me to do that now you want me to tell you about Uh, it now if you want to and we, oh. or we, or you know, we can just we can do that in a minute. Um, yeah, we'll do it in a minute. All Sounds right. good. <laughs> so I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play this spot, and uh, and we'll come right back to with uh, Tatiana uh, Lubavisky Acosta, a poet and a visual artist, and we'll we'll get into that as well because the visual arts um, make change as well. Support for KXSF comes from The Strand Salon, located at 409 Locust Street in San Francisco's Laurel Heights neighborhood. The Strand is a full-service hair salon specializing in Aveda color and products, staffed by independent stylists who believe that independent radio is key to keeping San Francisco culture alive and thriving. Visit their website at thestrandsalon.com. Thanks for supporting San Francisco Community Radio.
And this is KXSFLP San Francisco, 102.5 FM, the Frequency Uplift, our second Sundays and full moon, poet um, Tatiana Lubavisky Acosta on the miracle of Zoom. Um, and we had to, had to take a brief break to sort of regroup and play some spots. But thank you for that amazing work. We heard Song Against the Wounded Hand, as well as Happiness from La Movida, which um, is just out on Night Boat Press. And I want to thank you again for coming through. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Thank I, you so much for having me, Bob. It's, it's, it's been really lovely to talk to you. But I, I want to maybe get one more poem in and ask you a few more questions. Um one of the things that I noticed about this book, and this is a selling point, kids out there in Radioland, that um, there's some amazing drawings that are part of this work and clearly, you know, provocative and, and, and really both illustrating and, and responding to some of the themes of the poem throughout. Um, 
Tell me a little bit about your visual practice. I know there's there's also video that you're working on, and uh, yeah, tell me a little bit about how you now balance this. To you said earlier that you thought that you, you know, you, you were reluctant to call yourself a poet. You started as a visual artist, and and that was, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I think it's just kind of always been present in my life. Um, I do a lot of performance um, and sculpture and I do a lot of illustration as well. And I think that's the thing that people have become more familiar with through um, La Movida. Um, but I'm actually right now, I for my 30th birthday, I went back to school and um, I transferred in the spring from City College uh, to San Francisco State, and I'm in the studio art program as an undergraduate. And it's been really interesting uh, to be there in that environment um, in a purely like, you know, fine art environment um, where there's not a lot of interdisciplinary happening, um, interdisciplinary practice happening. Um, kids seem to be pretty like much in there, like I'm a photographer or I'm in, like, I'm a sculptor or I'm a painter. And I've never really been able to peg myself down to any particular medium. Um, I usually say that what I do work with are ideas or concepts and that I try to figure out the best way to answer questions. And sometimes that's through drawing and sometimes that's through poetry. Sometimes that's through sculpture. So um, yeah, I, I think that's that's what I have to say. Okay. <laughs> um, well, again, the, 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 the art is really interesting and you're also making video and, and I understand that you're um, part of a, a thing at the University of San Francisco, um, a presentation, part of the outdoor uh, Sukkot um, celebrations there. Um, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell us a little bit about that. That's coming up um, on, uh, on the 13th, on Thursday, on Thursday yeah. the 13th of October. Yeah. So um, it's a piece that I've been working on um, for years, actually, um, that did kind of spring out of my poem, Memory of Water, um, which is honest, like is a poem kind of investigating my own relationship to my femininity. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a film I've been working on for, oh my God, nearly four years. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So um, there's a lot of elements to it. There's slides, um, audio collage, video. Um, I'll be screening it in video um, because it's just easier. And I also don't want to take three buses to USF with, you know, four slide projectors. So, right. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but yeah, I, I've been working with with video and film and photography um, since I was in high school um, and have done a lot of performances and installations with slides in particular, um, which is a very expensive medium, um, mm -hmm. but also just 
you know, can be stunningly gorgeous and really liquid in the ways that you can work with it. So, yeah. So, so this, this will be projected or will be part of the memory of water um, as a, as a Sukkot event on Thursday, the 13th at USF at the university of uh, San Francisco on 2130 Fulton street. Um, adjacent to the LM main auditorium, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think um, they're building a sukkah, which is like an outdoor shelter um, that traditionally during the holiday um, to harvest holiday, um, people take their meals out in it. And I, uh, from my understanding, I could be very wrong um, is that the um, Jewish studies department at USF uh, has been inviting people to present work or um, perform in that space to activate it, which right. I think on the campus of a Catholic university is pretty amazing. It's really interesting. They, they do yeah. support a lot of really interesting and interdisciplinary and inter- you know, intersectional work. I've, I've, yeah, I've found. yeah, they do. It's, yeah. it's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. Those Jesuits. Well, we won't go there. Yeah, those Jesuits. My mom's a big fan of the Jesuits. She was arrested with a few of them during uh, some uh, anti war demonstrations. So they can never go wrong in her book. Right on. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, it's interesting. Part of La Movida, one of the things that we were talking about a little bit is, you know, this sense of movement, this sense of making change. But you also talk about, in, you know, in talking about, you know, your connection to your grandmother and your mother growing up in a really strong woman-centered family and traveling a lot as part of your mom's work, kind of that movement through places. I wonder, is, is that part of your, your influence in your work? that kind of nomadic i mean so it's, it's a place where choosing an artist's life is one of precarity as well but uh yeah yeah absolutely um yeah i'm actually you know pretty stable now um i like i've lived in the same place for almost 10 years and i've worked at the same place for over seven years and um i am kind of like that sort of in reaction to my childhood <laughs> um but i i grew up crossing the u.s mexico border um really frequently um like sometimes multiple times a month mm. with my mother and kind of never quite fit in on either side of the border um and also just have kind of I, yeah, I have, I have just like a really difficult relationship with the border too, as you know, most people do. <laughs> but um, two weeks ago, I was in Tijuana. Um, a group of us were invited uh, to read at the International Festival de, la Car de Caracol, um, which takes place in Tijuana and in Baja California. Um, and Josiah, Luis Alarete, and myself, and another Bay Area poet, Hector, son of Hector, mm -hmm. um, and our friend Jose Cadena, and our friend Viva Padilla, um, all went, and, you know, we crossed the border, and we read 
with these Mexican poets. And I believe there's um, a poet from Chile and another one from Peru there too. And, you know, I, I kind of the entire time we were there and I have this every time I, I cross, um, how, you know, basically I, I present this thing with a hologram on it and my photograph and that allows me this freedom of movement that is n not even a privilege because I, I feel like privilege just really flattens it. It's, mm -hmm. you know, it's sort of like, like how we were talking earlier um, about these things that we sort of accept, right? <laughs> yeah, like, like a fact that by virtue of who my parents are, or who like where I was born or whatever that I have this that I can do this and yet we left amazing poets behind in San Diego who were not able to cross with us the people that we read with in Mexico would not have been able to come and do the same thing right. um so I, I had a little bit of a of a crisis <laughs> Um, but I also should say I've been having the same crisis um, since I was a very small child mm -hmm. um, of thinking about what my freedom of movement means and how much my freedom of movement costs mm -hmm. and how, you know, when, when we were driving from Tijuana to Tecate, which is east of Tijuana, and we crossed at the Cate. Um, you know, we're we're crossing this massive biome, um, and you know, the border fence itself kind of creates its own ecosystem. And you know, it's not like the grass changes any color; like it doesn't change right. colors what side of the fence it's on, right? So you know, you almost miss the border when you're looking out the window and thinking about how there are people out there who are trying to make it and who are like in the process of dying or um, becoming severely dehydrated or lost right. or, you know, all these horrible things. And it really does fuck with you a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it does. I think it that does permeate my work a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I, I want to uh, take a second and say we're listening. Uh, this is KXSF LP San Francisco, 102.5 FM. It's a little after 11 o'clock, 11.03. And we're speaking and hearing the the poetry <laughs> as well as as well as speaking about visual art with uh, Tatiana Lubavisky-Acosta, a poet and the author of La Movida, just out on Night Boat Press. And um, Tatiana, maybe could you give us one more poem? I know you have a very early morning, and I'm keeping you late. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, of course. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to think which one. Uh, Tatiana is, is going to get up at... Well, probably like 4 a.m. to go honor um, our indigenous relations, the the Yamamu and the the uh, I mean the the Olone, as well as who are holding and honoring 
Indigenous Peoples Day with the sunrise ceremony tomorrow at Alcatraz. I want to say also that if, you know, this is, uh, you know, the tickets are probably all sold out and not many people are going to get up except for Tatiana. But there is an amazing, <laughs> at this point anyway, at this there is an amazing gathering at Yerba Buena Center for the Arts or the Yerba Buena Gardens. It's the Indigenous Peoples Day celebration. The uh, Indian Treaty Council is organizing it. Um, and 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 a, a welcoming and a lot of uh, traditional artists and and um, native and indigenous artists from throughout the West and and even I believe some some from Hawaii are coming um, to do that. So that's twelve to three tomorrow to to honor and celebrate Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, but wow. uh, anyway, yeah, yeah, and also um, so October twelfth marks. Um, the 530th anniversary of the invasion of Turtle Island mm. uh, of Hispaniola, so-called Hispaniola, right. um, by Christopher Columbus. So, um, yeah, and going to Alcatraz um, for Indigenous Peoples Day for on Thanksgiving has been a big tradition in my family. My mother and I have gone. Um, most years over the past 20, um, but or I guess actually over the past 25, I keep, I keep thinking that 20 years means something completely different and that time has actually passed. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> but um, the poem I'll read is Yorona in that spirit. But trust me, this whale is stronger than concrete. It's louder than rust. It is crueler than your lash and your God and will brand you deeper than any pox. It will turn back the moon 529 years. It will slit your throat. It will sink your ships, killer. The oranges, the olives, the grapes will rot and the wildfires will rule and how I will rise, how my tears will bleed and how my children will emerge from mind harbors. I am amused that you expected me to swallow the eventual spiritual murder of my children by your hand, tie the rope myself and hand it over to you. Trust me, killer, this whale will drown you too. Mm. Thank you. Wow, that's so such a great and appropriate poem for the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you I for... Yeah, thank you yeah. so much for for reading today with us tonight, and uh, for the beautiful work of La Movida. Um and thank you for going out and um, going to uh, Alcatraz tomorrow morning as well as uh, and to honor um, honor our. I guess I'm, I'll be going for everyone who will not be able to wake up at three thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm impressed uh, with with that. Seeing as it is, yeah, you're gonna get you're gonna be lucky to get four hours of sleep. Um, yeah. But I, I we I was gonna ask why why is that so important? But I think we've answered that, and that poem, La Yorona, has really uh, done that adequately, I believe. Yeah. Thank you so yeah. much for reading. And one of the things that we we talked about and we've done. You know, we played early on the Argentinian band um, that that you loved, uh, the uh, Vilma Pama y Vampiros. And uh, mm -hmm. uh, tell us a little bit. You you had another choice, a Neil Young song. 
Tell us a little yes. bit about that, and uh, we'll, we'll go out with that. And again, we have been listening to Tatiana Lubavisky Acosta, um, uh, Mission District, and poet, really, really a world poet. And uh, <laughs> and uh, we we want to thank you for your time. And well, thank you, Bob. Nice respect. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, it's it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so the song that I chose was Winter Long. Um, by Neil Young. Um, Neil Young is one of my favorite musicians. <laughs> and it's another song of, of kind of loss and longing. And it's just really just a beautiful song. That's all. Okay. Well, let's, uh, let's go out with Mr. Mr. Neil Young. And uh, here we go. I want to thank you again, Tatiana, for coming through. Again, Ta if you want to see some of her visual work and you want to hear more of her her artistry again she's performing this coming thursday at uh the lone mountain campus of uh university of uh, san francisco that's on uh, fulton and uh like stanion right around that area and mm -hmm. uh that's from 6 30 to 9 8 p.m uh an event called memory of water some video presentations um for sukkot yeah yeah and, thanks, uh, yeah, and thanks, Bob, for having me. Uh, you're very, you're very welcome. It's been an honor and a, and a pleasure. And uh, here we go with uh, Mr. Neil Young and Winter. Whoa. And very loud. Thank you so much again, Tatiana. Have uh, good luck tomorrow. Thank you.
Cool. 
And that was a cover tune, a Neil Young cover tune, in fact, from Joan as Policewoman on the Beach, the appropriate lyric or two about the radio interview, and preceding that, our poet's choice, props, respect to Tatiana Lubavisky Acosta, who chose as her finishing music for that lovely uh, interview and reading Neil Young's Winter Long from 1977. In the background, a little Matthew Tavares, Worldo 100 BPM. But I want to thank Tatiana again for coming through. Have some more music coming up to the 12 o'clock hour. 11.20 now, but I have to take care of some spots. And uh, thank, uh, thank this person first. Why not? Underwriting for KXSF comes from City Beer, a family-owned community gathering spot to sip a fresh draft while mingling with friends old and new. Visit our new home at 853 Valencia Street, where we offer a well-curated selection of beer, wine, and cider, both to enjoy on-site or take home. There's plenty of seating and an outdoor parklet, all in the heart of the mission. So visit City Beer, a San Francisco fixture since 2006, now located at 853 Valencia Street between 19th and 20th. Thank you, City Beer. Thank you for supporting San Francisco Community Radio. Let me tell you a few other things that are happening. Uh, we are, as always, totally volunteer-driven, volunteer and community-funded. And that being said, this coming Saturday, uh, the 15th, KXSF co-presents at the bottom Mamatus with Terry Gross and Carlton Melton. Plot to the Hill uh, Saturday. Check that out Saturday the 15th. Or if you can, donate at kxsf.fm. This is our Poets Night. One of the things that uh, Joan Vosser or Joan as policewoman did recently was actually do an amazing thing and put the poem Bloom on this day of harvest coming up on Sukkot, as well as, you know, as, as the fall equinox comes to the poem of Emily Dickinson. Putting it to words, putting it to music, into words, and uh, in, in, inspired by her Emily Dickinson's centuries-old pressed flowers from her actual herbarium that that are still preserved in an archive. So let's start with that. And again, KXSFLP San Francisco 102.5 FM for the frequency uplift. Going, going poetic. And here we go with this.
chamar o vento Vamos chamar o vento Vamos chamar o vento Vamos chamar o vento Vento que dá na vela Vela que leva o barco Barco que leva a gente Gente que leva o peixe Peixe que dá dinheiro, curimã That was some amazing new music from Brazil's Maria Rita Stumpf. The new release, Ver Tente, in the background from Tunisia, Azu Tualain, Into the Void. We heard from, but from uh, Maria, we heard the amazing O Vento, the wind, where she mixes. Uh, amazing uh, 
samples from from nature and other things into her work this new album includes uh adaptations of classics by Dori Valcami, Milton Nascimento, who's um, coming to, to town soon, as well as five of her own compositions. Ovento is sung in one of Brazil's indigenous languages. I'm not sure which one, uh, so honestly I can't say. But before that, we heard uh, out of Minnesota, but of Iranian uh, descent, Aida Shagasemi and her amazing new album, Chash Mandaze Ruidad. Um, and uh, that is self released. She is a uh, visual artist. Again, another amazing Iranian woman thinking about the women struggling in Iran now for freedom and independence. So two tracks by incredible uh, Iranian women. First, again, Aida Shagasemi. Again, she is pulling up my thing. I mean, a Minneapolis-based musician, roots with roots in Iran, has. Uh, talked and studied the cultural aspects of Persian classical music and the restrictions placed on the voices of Iranian female vocalists. This new album, delving deeply into those roots and that history. Before that, the Iranian exiled artist Marjan Vadat from her new release, Our Garden is Alone, the opening track, Lely's Garden, with some beautiful beginning and ending of the Ney flute, a personal and heartfelt homage to Vadat's late mother, uh, while also referencing the Persian love story of Lely and Majun, Majnun. Before that, Joan as policewoman, Joan Vosser, or Wasser, really interesting American artist who, um, in collaboration with Marginalia Press, created a, a song, not just a recitation, but a song of the poem by Emily Dickinson Bloom, worth looking up, an incredible uh, visual feast as well taking the actual pressed flowers from Emily Dickinson's uh, herbarium, basically, that have been preserved in her archives um, as, as, uh, as visual reference to the poem Bloom. And that brought us back to the last break here at KXSF LP San Francisco, 102.5 FM. The Frequency Uplift are Full Moon and Second Sunday's Poet, Tatiana Lubavisky Acosta. Thank you again for coming through. And if you were tuning in, again, uh, check out her new book, 
La Movida on Nightboat Press. Also, she is appearing uh, at USF as part of a Sukkot celebration, displaying some of her visual and video work, Water of Memory. And I think that is 6.30 to 8 on the Lone Mountain campus. Look for the, the, the Sukkot, the um, outdoor shelter for the, uh, the Jewish holiday of harvest. I'm going to go on now with some music. From Cyprus, as promised. This is from his new solo release, Throisma, the title track from Antonis Antonio. <laughs> XSF Frequency Uplift
belongs to the masses now got the boss likeness on the string like a love poem wild stride speeches replace memories of the boss we got machine guns in the communist bar tonight we are naturals in the communist bar our boundaries are just a little death we stand outside the gates of san francisco listening to some good preaching hey congratulations your mercenaries hurt your money jungle hurts your mouths hurt Merchants of frenetic white flight, luckless and therefore well-armed primitivism, reaching down into the patterns of your soul, making for funny stories. 
I hope they didn't name any schools while they had those kids in those cages. Joy returns to decent revolutionaries, puts a hermitage into fascism. St. Fallujah thumping your shoulder, his family and needed. God crawling in between the bullet heat. Yes, our grandparents got thought experiments in the last words of black organizers. Let's, 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 let's make a periodical of their last words, Lord, of the remaining addresses of black power. We become Angola on both sides, a humor of axes, a foot race through public property, remilitarized pork improved, celestial pork, platinum minted pork, choose your words carefully, pork. The first mirror was clay, the first human was not. Humanity recommencing near the weight pile. Yeah, it would be nice to sound universal, not heroin old, heroin passing messages, heroin left laying around an empire, colonized intellectual as a guest in their own hand. It's like a life's work depends on replicating Birmingham caravans or particulate Birmingham. One of five shells flying at the state capitol sign. Thank you for the resources. Big band scatting up the throat of a surrogate fascist in love with their one eyeball at the parade with tuxedo colored guns marrying the cowardice. A rerunning white politician is born in a black neighborhood. A black neighborhood taken as a stage of history. Born of a black messiah. Taken as a folk biography. Is born black. Legislates in some dimension fused to the side of loud steps. Copper summer riots, but still some blood involved. Still some necessary slums involved. Ragtag armies massed in Western Heights in primary emotions. The light of cocaine both warped and not warped enough. Images can be cousins. What happens when you step outside the country sugar gorging? What good are you all to the world sitting in heaven? I mean, who, who we gonna lay out books for? Who's gonna touch the knives at night and sing to the gaps in between shadows? Gaps between our love. Who, who's gonna teach our knives to sing tobacco road? Teach them that they are family. A picture of black socialists in a perfected boneyard, in a tributary boneyard, whispering the cheekbones, dimming the wind. A black socialist who will live for 100 years in his graveyard to make this point. That, that we're in too much pain for naming ceremonies. The ancestors need to inflict on the world our continuity. Thousand good deeds decorate the 20-year police precinct janitor. A janitor who called it. Who needs slides, but not like you. Telling you of a half-dead humanism to pass the time. A math teacher in that little red book. I used to dream of revolution. And even enjoy the dream. And that was our poet laureate, Congo Ison Martin, with Free Fear from the Akil Mustair uh, EP Third World, uh, just out, self released or, uh, a few months ago, actually, to be honest. But an incredible EP based on interviews around the student strike at San Francisco State University in 1969 for ethnic studies for really for 
an open university for an education responsive to the needs of the people. In the background, my crew from the mission. Before that, we heard Imar Han from Algeria, New Music, the album The Distance on City Slang Records. We heard Tadalat before that out of Cyprus at the break. Throisma from uh, Monsieur Domini, a variety of places, but the incredible artist Antonis Antaniou. We heard the title track, Throisma, from his new solo release. I'm going to take a minute to uh, do a few things, including this PSA for another community institution. And again, thanks to our second Sunday's poet, Tatiana Lubavisky Acosta, who coming through and hopefully he's getting some sleep before going to the sunrise ceremony at Alcatraz tomorrow for Indigenous Peoples Day. Show up yourself. If you can, take a lunch break 12 to 3 at Yerba Buena Gardens for Indigenous Peoples Day performances and and uh, Indigenous artists um, from f- throughout Northern California and beyond. But first this. Community Music Center is a San Francisco vital hub for music education and performance anchored in the city's Mission District and the Outer Richmond. Founded in 1921, CMC is a nonprofit organization providing high-quality music instruction to anyone, regardless of financial means, and inspiring students to reach their fullest potential. For information on classes, summer camps, or how you can help CMC enrich scholarships for in-need students, go to sfcmc.org. Support for KXSF comes from Open Mind Music, a haven for record lovers since 1994. Henry at Open Mind believes music soothes the soul, inspires change, and makes us move. Find a wide variety from ABBA to Zappa, funk to punk, bebop to hip-hop, including new and used LPs, vintage turntables, local art, and your chance to meet Roxy the Doxy. Come find your groove in record time at Open Mind Music, 5521 College Avenue near Rockridge Bart in Oakland. Indeed. Thank you to Henry. You can always catch Henry um, at the Open Mind Music Experience as well as Toast and Jam on Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. here on San Francisco Community Radio, KXSFLP, San Francisco. It is almost time for me to wrap up. I had one more, but I'm not going to get to it. But uh, why don't I take you out with a little, a, a little bit of this anyway? This is Carlos Nino and friends. Please wake up. Why not? It is 12 midnight. Twelve midnight at KXSF LP, San Francisco, 
102.5 FM, streaming at the World Wide Web at kxsf.fm. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned to 4 a.m. for music. Frequency uplift and out.